few weeks, we've been focused on the life of the church together. And I would invite you, if you haven't done this for a while, go to our website and look on the About Us uh, tab. When it talks about our vision as a church, there are three phrases that we focused on as a church. And that is that we are an inviting church, that we are the church together, being the church, and that we are ascending church. We are all called to proclaim the gospel wherever we are and wherever we go, whether here at home or far away. The church, as we learned last week, as we talked about the idea of being in unity in Christ, how the Spirit unites us in our calling as the church, we learned that all that God has done for us and what he calls us into is so that we can fulfill the mission that God has for his people. This morning we want to talk about what it means to serve together as the church. What it means to be a church that walks in faith through the expression of our gifts that God has given to us. Often on a Sunday when we are talking about our gifts and how we serve together, we will read from passages about what the body of Christ looks like. Passages like Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say those passages, write them down and go and read them later on. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. These are passages that very clearly speak to what it looks like to be united as a body in Christ, where each of us has a part to play. I've preached that sermon many, many times, and so I was looking for other passages that would highlight for us what it looks like when we are living that way, being the church together, taking seriously seriously this call to be members together in Christ. And so that's where I got these three passages that we're looking at this morning. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4, 1 Corinthians 14 instead of 12, and James chapter 2. So I'm going to briefly look at each of these, these passages and take a point from them that we can apply in our life together as the church. How many of you recognize the passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 4? Have you heard it before? You may have even heard a sermon or a message about Ecclesiastes 4. A rope of three strands is not quickly broken. Where do you usually hear that text read? In a wedding. That's right. We love using this text in a wedding because it fits so well. June. We're in the middle of June. You know what happens in June, right? Weddings, weddings upon weddings. We've had a couple weddings here in our church in the last little while as well. And uh, some of the parents are here if you want to, you know, help them calm down and uh, settle their nerves. Um, blessings to you and to your children's lives as they continue uh, this new path together. The phrase that I want to focus on in this text is that a rope of three strands is not quickly broken. 
You know, when you have a, a cord, a piece of string, and you pull on it, if you have one piece, you don't have to pull very hard before the strands start to separate and it comes apart in your hands. Now, you can take two and try to double up the strength of that rope. But what you find is that they're just kind of wrapped around each other and they actually don't add strength. You just have two pieces that can be pulled apart with fairly, uh, with fairly easily. It's only when you take three and you intertwine them and you braid them together that the strength goes up tremendously. The reason we like this for a marriage passage is because it fits so well. You've got, you've got the husband and the wife. Those are the two strands. And then you've got God, the presence of the Spirit at the center of the marriage that pulls it all together, unites them as one, and it makes it strong and it lasts. And it's true. And that's why we use it in this context of a wedding celebration. Just this week, if you read the paper, you will have seen that there's a couple from our church that is, ex is ex celebrating exactly this kind of strength. Dave and Ruth Gunther celebrated 60 years of marriage this week. If you get a chance, give them a phone call, check up on them, and wish them well and blessings as they continue on into 61 and who knows how many more years to go. But you know, when the writer was writing this passage in Ecclesiastes, this is a wisdom book in which the, the speaker is delving into the deep mysteries of life and what it means, where meaning lies, where truth lies in, love, in our life. This was not written for weddings. This was not written about marriages. This text is written about life that has meaning and purpose, integrity, and the strength to endure. Sure, it works well for the context of a marriage, but it's about the people of God. Two are better than one. Why? Because two together get double the things done. You know, uh, yesterday we had a big celebration for our daughter who is graduating high school this year. And so when you have a party or a celebration, there's a lot of work to get done. And if I was out there trying to do all of that myself, I would have felt overwhelmed. I would have gotten frustrated that I'm doing this all by myself. Where's everybody else in my family? I've got four kids and I've got a, a spouse. You know, why am I doing this all by myself? And I might have gotten, you know, frustrated and given up. Some party that would have been. Because the truth is that when we walk on our own, when we walk on our own, in those times when we stumble, as it says here in the text, and fall down, you need someone to pick you up. 
This has become really clear to us, especially in the last couple of years through COVID, where so many of us have felt disconnected, isolated from one another, struggling with our spirits and with our mental health. When you stumble and you're at the end of your own strength, you can't get up by yourself. You know that, that mythical pick yourself up by the bootstraps and keep going? It just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. We need one another. So to have someone come alongside us and pick us up and carry the load for us for a little while is so important. In our lives, we experience moments of tension and conflict, turmoil, when things do not go our way. And whether that's a relational brokenness where someone is in conflict with us, or the events and, and moments of our lives just seem to be stacking up against us or whether it's a spiritual attack in our lives and we feel like we are under opposition from the accuser. In those times, we need one another. We need our prayers to uphold us and strengthen us. We need the presence of others to keep us going. And we need the Spirit of God, which unites us all, because a rope of three strands is not quickly broken. This kind of walking with each other is a service of the kingdom, using our gifts of fellowship and brotherhood and sisterhood, our unity in Christ, to walk faithfully. So let's go on to our second point. If you didn't catch, oh, sorry, if I, did, I was going to wrap up the first point, but just what I'm, all of that to say is that together, serving one another, we can do what we cannot be done on our own. We need to walk and serve together. Moving on to the second passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is a passage in which the context is worship. And it talks about how when we come together for worship, everyone that comes to worship is bringing something to the table. Whether it's a word of encouragement, a song that's in your heart, a word of wisdom, or a word from the Lord that's supposed to speak to who we are and where we are, that builds us up and encourages us. We all bring something on a Sunday morning when we gather for worship. But our worship is not only on Sunday morning. The life of the believer is worship. Day in and day out. Our vocations, our life in the community, where we walk day to day, when done in the name of Christ, is an offering of worship. This morning is Father's Day. And many of you will have given your, your dad a call or, or, or will do right after the service because of course you wouldn't miss that to say, you know, thanks dad. 
Thanks for your support and encouragement to your prayers. On Father's Day for me, there is a man in my life who is not my biological father. My biological father is great and has done all of those things that, you know, is supposed to do. But in my life, there is a man that I call a spiritual father. Someone who has no children of his own. And yet, for many, many years, going back to my tumultuous teenage years, has spoken into my life, has walked with me, has prayed for me, has called me out when I've chosen paths that take me away from the presence of God. This is his gift, a gift to disciple others. And because of his faithfulness and offering his gift of discipleship, I have been built up and encouraged I would not be in the pulpit today if that man had not used his gift to build me up. Our worship, both here on Sunday mornings and wherever we are, is something that we do together. It's a shared offering of our lives to one another as we share the Spirit of God with one another, as we each offer our gifts, the churches build up, God receives glory, and the good news of Jesus Christ is proclaimed. The third text that we read this morning is from James chapter 2. This is also a very familiar passage for many. We like this one because it calls us out from our easy, comfortable way of thinking about life. Well, maybe you don't like it. Maybe it makes you uncomfortable. I know it probably does that for me from time to time as well. It doesn't make any sense to say that you have faith and act in a way that denies that faith. Talk never gets you very far, and a commitment to Jesus only in words will not save you. Goes on to talk about if someone comes to you in need and you just give them words instead of service and support, it's useless. Imagine this morning. Out there on the street, we have a whole bunch of Fort Gary people out there across the street at a water station for the marathoners who are running in this heat. And they're close to the finish line here. They are exhausted. They are dehydrated. They are overheated. And imagine if our volunteers, as the runners came by, said, keep going, you can do it, stay cool, stay hydrated, but had no water to give. Is there any point? Does it do anything at all? Yes, it does something. You know what it does? It makes things worse is what it does. There is nothing so disappointing as words 
and promises which do not come to fruition, I would rather have someone say nothing at all to me rather than promise and offer but then not follow through. Our faith together, our faith together is fulfilled in our fruitful expression towards one another, serving one another, meeting one another's needs, bearing the burdens of one another. But if we are only talk and we are not action, it's worse than no faith at all. Our faith together is most clearly seen in our service of the kingdom, in our serving one another, as we walk alongside each other, holding each other up and being strengthened by the strength of our brothers and sisters and the spirit of God that is shared between us. It is most clearly expressed as we build up each other in our faith and as we act in our lives in small ways, through acts of service to one another in our daily lives, and also as we serve together in this body of the church, which is an expression of the good news of Jesus Christ, the kingdom being lived out in our community as we serve together in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this message from Fort Derry MB Church. We hope that what you heard challenged you to think in new ways about Jesus Christ and the life that we are called to through his death and resurrection. If you have any questions about who we are as a church, our mission, or have any other questions in general, please do not hesitate to contact our office email at info at fgmb.ca. Be blessed.